Ask the Podcast Coach for October 8th, 2022. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's that music that means, hey, it's Saturday morning. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting.com. And joining me right over there, Jim Cullison from TheAverageGuy.tv. Jim, how's it going? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. And happy Great Balls of Fire Day. Today in 1957, Jerry Lee Lewis records Great Balls of Fire. I, how, can we, how can we not start? Goodness gracious. You know, how could we not? Fire. Exactly. <laughs> That's uh, and that guy, is he st- There's a fun question. Is Jerry Lee Lewis still alive? You could probably ask. Yeah, the, the woman in the tube. Yeah, <laughs> that would be pushing it. <laughs> I think he still is. I think he's. Uh, you know, if if Great Balls of Fire doesn't make me thirsty, then I don't know. That's what right. Will. Exactly. Pour up some coffee, and uh, yes, if you want people to say goodness gracious when they see your artwork, well, there's only one place to go, and that of course is podcastbranding.co. Go over and see our buddy Mark. He is a very talented graphic artist as well as a podcaster. And unlike people on Fiverr, he's going to sit down with you one-on-one and really look at your podcast, look at your website, and make sure everything branding-wise is lined up to really have the maximum impact on your audience. And uh, I know I've used him for this show, for the School of Podcasting, for the Podcast Rodeo Show, so uh, I can definitely pledge that Mark does great work. And what I loved about it is when I did it, he gave me a couple different options. So instead of having to do one and then do revisions and stuff, I was like this one, this one, or that one. And I was like, actually, I really like that one. And then there really weren't that many revisions. And so again, he does this by really understanding what your target is. So the better target you give him, the quicker you're going to get a great piece of artwork. Go over to podcastbranding.co. I just spilled coffee all over myself. Hey, that's the big, wrong slide. That's all right. Big thing. Just I was thinking of something else, and it just I just spilled coffee all over myself. Big thanks to our, our friend Dan Lefebvre over there, based on a true story podcast.com. And if you're an X Files person, if you got into that years ago, he's got a new episode out on the X Files with uh, Rob Christofferson. So if you want to check that out, based on a true story podcast. Dot com and try not to spill coffee on yourself during the middle of the podcast. <laughs> Is that what we've done? Uh, do we have a McDonald's situation going on now? Dri- it just dribbled like I, I lost my lower lip or something. It just dribbled right down my chin. <laughs> Fresh out of the witness protection program. That's he can it. Now, we can now see him. And uh, so he went to askthepodcastcoach.com slash join. You can do that. If you're listening on Wisdom, you can click the little plus sign under my name and we will uh, we'll get a little cue going here. But uh, Fred, thanks for joining us, buddy. Hey, I'm out of the witness protection program finally. Yes. I like it. I like looking it. Good. Looking good. Looking good yeah. this morning. I, ha- I had just a uh, basically just a, a couple of comments and maybe your feel on this. Repurposed episodes from other podcasts as well as your main or your your key podcast, that is your flagship podcast. I've been doing that for a while. I just repurposed one right now, which was, believe it or not, it's evergreen content from a 2007 article that I wrote for Podcast User Magazine. I don't know if you remember that one, Dave. Vaguely. Yeah. Yeah. It it was called, Are Podcasters the Next Set of 
uh, struggling entrepreneurs. Do you remember that one? Maybe. That was, I, I mean, yeah. after all, it's only been 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> but I did write it and I submitted it and I've been getting feedback saying, hey, this is pretty good. Where's that art? Uh, where can I get a copy of that magazine? I go, well, <laughs> 10 years exist. ago. Yeah. yeah. So it's not there. But uh, in the show notes, I actually put the, the image of the article uh, so they hmm. can see the number of the magazine. They can see the front page article. And I did the uh, basically just the audio narration of it. And I think that that's a good way to repurpose uh, your your episodes, especially if they come from another podcast show that you've got so that people can get more exposure to the, the one you're currently on. I did it on Podcast Reporter. Yeah, I've heard Sounds Profitable. They have blog posts and they will say uh, today on the show, we're going to go over the article. So they're they're right up front saying, hey, if this sounds like I'm reading, it's because I'm reading. And at the end, they're like, all right, you just listened to a blog post from our website. They're not really worried about this is going to sound like I'm reading because they're letting people know, oh, I'm reading this. This is from our blog post. Come and get it. So absolutely. I I approach a lot of authors and blog and people. And I would say, look, you're you have great content. I can't read it in the car, but I can listen to it if it was a podcast. So, yeah, I always say that I've never understood unless you there was something new, like Mark Maron will repurpose uh, interviews if somebody dies. But the whole like, hey, I'm going to pull an episode from, you know, a year and a half ago and just put it out again. I'm like, I'm, I'm not quite sure why, because if you subscribe to the show, you could get that episode. But yeah, I mean, lots of people listen in order and yeah. they're not going to go back. Say you published something two years ago. They're not going to go back and find it. Like, I, I don't. Yeah. Radio Lab does this all the time where yeah. they'll bring something. They'll put a, a, something on the beginning to say, hey, we released this previously four years ago. We just repurposed two pieces of content from 2020 at Gallup that um, that were just really, really good. I stripped the intro and the exit off because those said were no yeah. longer appropriate. We put new ones on it and, and threw it out there. It's uh, uh, Sergeant Fred, if it's good content and it's evergreen, yep. well, why yeah. not? Yeah, it is. And also you, you can also give it a different name and a different number yeah. and tell the people in the very first uh, very first sentence of both your show notes and your audio that this is a repurposed episode, which is evergreen content. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks for your service, Sergeant Fred. Appreciate it. Right, thanks for yours. Yeah. And we'll, we'll say airborne yeah. all the way. There you thanks. go. It's a rock of the Marn to you. <laughs> That's my, when I was in Germany, I was in the third ID and we would say, when we'd salute, we'd say rock of the Marne. Rock of the Marne. Rock of the Marne. All right. That was World War One well, reference. The other thing I, we should probably bring up because he's such an awesome supporter is congratulations to Glenn, Glenn Hebert. Uh, Glenn, oh, yeah. Glenn yeah. sold the horse radio network. He's still part of it. Uh, it sounds like he's going to be doing horses in the morning for at least three years. But I, I've been kind of chatting with him on Facebook and we all kind of say, man, wouldn't the dream job be just to like show up talking to the microphone and like, that's it. And that's pretty much what he's got. He's he, cause he said, man, I had the best time today. He's like, what? I had a meeting with the sales team and these are the people that are going to be doing this now. And I had a, a meeting with the website people and he's like, he's just going to walk in and do the podcast. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. So yeah. Congratulations to yeah. that. Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. Jim, would you ever sell uh home gadget geeks? Well, if it was worth something and someone wanted <laughs> to buy it, 
You know, absolutely. You know, well, and, and, you know, you, you say the dream job and I have a little bit of that now myself where, yeah. you know, I've got folks that help me do what I do and it's super awesome. We do some great stuff, but um, I, I think the bigger question is what if somebody came along and uh, wanted to buy, ask the podcast coach, you know, right. Mm. You know, uh, Todd Cochran is always saying, you know, if they came for the million dollars, I, you know, you cash the check. Yeah. Would you sell it? I would sell ask the podcast coach. Uh, You'd have, you you would have to bust, but it would have to be, no, seriously, it would have to be like a lot of money. Um, which is interesting because if you think about it, I mean, if you go to ask the podcast coach.com slash ask, you can get a discount on the school of podcasting. And yet I don't get a ton of that from the show. So, uh, now I get our awesome supporters, Yeah, but if you look at what we're making on Patreon right now, um, hint, hint, anyone listening that's not on Patreon, um, you know, it's, uh, I'm not retiring on this, this income anytime soon. Yeah. Well, it's it's, not supposed to be, but yeah, well, I mean, listen, a lot of work, I mean, Glenn did a lot of work a on lot, that. Yeah. A lot of work on that network. And so he, he deserves every single cent on that. And absolutely. And uh, the other thing, speaking of Patreon, we had, uh, you know, the School of Podcasting has our own little Facebook and community, things like that. And I, we've unearthed a new pet peeve. Uh, and that is people that start their show with, hey, welcome to the show. And then they say they spend like literally like two to three minutes talking about Patreon. And they're like, it's, you know, it's one thing to have a 15 second pre-roll or a Geico ad or something. They're like, but they say it's not so much that it's Patreon. It's the fact that it's Patreon before you've even introduced what's on the episode. It's almost a pre-roll. It's like, hey, welcome to Ask the Podcast Coach. You're on our Patreon. We need more money. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, geez, Louise. So if you have a Patreon you might want to deliver just a hint of value first. Just a thought. Yeah, it's probably better at the... You know, people say, well, they, they don't make it to the end. And I'm like, your content's not very good. That's it. Right? I mean, it, the, I think those things are all are all better at the end. And your most engaged listeners are there anyways. You could do a quick reminder. I do, I thank our Patreon subscribers on Home Gadget Geeks at the very beginning. Hey, just thanks for being a part of the team that makes things work. You can join too, The you know... What do I say? The average guy.tv slash Patreon. So, um, but we make it quick. I think, yeah, if you get too long up front, you know, I, you might drive some folks away. Yeah. And I, I guess the other thing that somebody mentioned was like, there's no, there's nothing there that gives you a hint that this is going to be over soon. Like, it just sounds like they're just rambling. And, you know, it's like with us, we have a little theme music. It's a jingle. We get in, we get out. And so that was, uh, that was the discussion this week at the school of podcasting was like, ah, what is it with these Patreon people? And while we're kind of doing these, let me do something else if I can find it. Cause it's been a while since we've done one of these. And now it's time for a power rant. I am so tired of buying things that seem like such a good deal. Like, whole, I bought this thing last night. $37 for this one-time thing. It's going to teach me how to grow my TikTok. And it's all about creating great hooks and just all the stuff that I'm looking for, only $37. And there's a part of me that goes, okay, there's a catch here. There's got to be a catch. So I sign up, download my video, which by the way, I'm f- at least 40% through. 
and all he's done is name drop, name drop, and and talk about the stuff that he's going to talk about. That drives me nuts. It's literally a two-hour video. I'm about 50 minutes in, and he's done nothing but give me a really long table of content. So I'm I'm close to like going, I want like 37 bucks isn't going to kill me, but I'm so ready to like, give me that back because this is no value at this point. But this is the thing that drives me nuts. You sign up and they're like, hey, thanks so much for joining and getting that thing. For this one time only fee, you can get the bonus content and it's only 99 bucks. And you're like, so there was one that it was like, again, it wasn't a whole lot of money. So I bought the second product thinking, okay, now give me my stuff. Nope. Third upsell lifetime thing normally. And it's always, I always love the the fact that they go, okay, we're going to throw in a McDonald's straw valued at $5 million. And you're like, wait, what? That's valued at $5 million plus an old handkerchief valued at 10,000 along with, you know, and it's just, everything is thousand, 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 thousand. And then you get to the bottom, like, and we're going to give it to you for whatever three easy payments. So I'm tired of upsells. That's going to be one of the things that I is now a selling point for the school of podcasting and no upsells. You want everything easy. One price. You get me, you get everything. I mean, they obviously must work because a, you've got your credit card in your hand. I understand that. I know this is not really podcasting related, but, but well, it is in some ways. Yeah. We're talking about the way you provide, you know, the, value, the, the yeah. value back, right. Or, or, or for folks to contribute value to what you're doing. It's, it's one of those things, you know, I hear podcasters complain about this stuff all the time. And, and then I say, well, then why are you engaging in it? Like if you don't right. like it, Dave, don't stop doing it now. Part it sounds like a little bit, you start getting in, like you get in, you're like, well, I've already invested this much. I should probably upgrade to get this and upgrade. That's just deceptive, right? That if that's the kind of advertising that's going on, that's just deceptive. And yeah, you know, and it, it's, it's hard to get money back on some of those kinds of things, you know, there was, cause I ended up buying two and that's the other thing you have to be careful of. So the first one I bought and it was this whole thing about, you know, marketing and blah, blah, blah. And I bought it off of Facebook. And that was like throwing chum in the water for, for sharks because every ad ever since then is like, you need to oh, buy this thing, yeah. this thing. And I was like, Holy cow. And, yeah, and but, click on anything on Facebook and you're done. <laughs> yeah. But bo- both of those had a lot of upsells and I was like, this is really annoying. I thought I was buying one product and, and then the emails, here's the thing. If you, in fact, this kind of, here's how I'm going to bring this back to podcasting. Somebody asked me, hey, Dave, are you going to participate in the podcaster's kit? And this is nothing against uh, Dan, and I forget the other person that runs this, but I participated in the podcaster's kit. Now, the podcaster's kit is something where 35 different industry professionals get together. Like I put in like a free course on Audacity. And then what happens is you go over and you you buy the podcaster's kit and it's like, okay, here's the, here's the 35 people. And you go, oh, I'll, I'll take Jim's course on, on, uh, you know, automated lawnmowers. I'll take, uh, this court. I'll take my podcast reviews light from Daniel. I'll take this. And that, and what you don't realize is you've now signed up for everybody's email list and you just get bombarded with email. And so I had, and how this works then is everybody who's part of it promotes it and it is one of those like holy cow look at all this stuff 47 dollars you look at that and then 
And then you end up getting bombarded. And I had somebody that bought the thing based on my affiliate link that said, Hey Dave, for the record, I thought you were better than this. And I was like, Doh. Cause it was just, and it's, here's the thing. You, you are attaching your brand to other people's brands who then just bombard people with their email lists. And so I, I've been asked every year, do you want to be part of it? And I'm like, no, not yet. Yeah. And it's, it's nothing against the people that are running it. You know, the, there are people that market soft and there are some people that market hard. And there are a lot of people that see that as like, holy cow, I can, I can grow my email list and just hammer people. And that's DR has it. She goes, that's why I always create a new email address every year. Well, and, and also says you can unsubscribe, yeah. you know, as well. It, this is the problem with the distributed economy, right? When you have a distributed economy like this and it doesn't roll up, you have everybody fighting for every dollar. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying it's, it's the problem with it. It's one of the problems with it. And so you end up having, you know, 50 newsletters and you end up having, because you don't want to miss something and you want to be a part of a lot of things as those things consolidate and the podcasting space is consolidating. But as things consolidate, of course, then there's less options and so less of those things to happen. That also puts pressure on price, right? So in a distributed economy, pr price is generally lower because competition is higher. And then as things consolidate, right, the competition uh, gets less and the price goes up. And we, we, we don't like, to be honest, we complain about either way. You know, people are like, I don't like it when it's, I want, you know, there's too many options and then you consolidate down. And of course, in consolidation, prices almost always go up at some point. Um, then they complain about that. So it's a, it's a give and take on both sides, you know, with it. And we, we, we got to figure out the good news is at least in our economy, there's tension between both of those yeah. and you get innovation as the markets consolidate or as the industries consolidate, you get innovation behind it to disrupt it. So that works pretty well, but it's a little messy in the process. Yeah. DR says there are some really great products in that kit this year. I'll have to, maybe I'll, I'll go look at it. I, it's just a matter of, I'll make a, Dan, a Dave spam email at gmail.com or something. Cause seriously though, what does it take to hit the delete button one time? Like uh, there are, there's, you know? um, there's a, uh, one called the events calendar. It's a WordPress plugin and I have unsubscribed from their email yeah, no yeah. less than five times. Yeah. And then the last time I put it as spam and I still get their emails yeah. and yeah. it's like, I'm really almost not using WordPress at this point. And I'm, I think if it comes through and I get it, I could press delete. It's just like, no, I know, you know, no, I know. I understand it's all the political emails you get. Oh. It's, un, it's impossible to unsubscribe. Like I, I, there's supposed to be some rules around that. Everybody's afraid of GDPR, GDPR, yeah. GDPR in Europe. Uh, we need something, you know, there's no teeth to unsubscribe here in the United States. And so I think, I think people just ignore it for the most part. You know, and they're not supposed to. There's supposed to be some fines and stuff associated with spam email, but it sure like it, it sure doesn't seem like it's stopping anybody from that. So you can do. Listen, you can depend on your email service provider. You can do some things to start blocking that at the source and such. And so if it's really bothering you, dig in. I know it's a pain, but dig in a little bit. Yeah, and there's there's some. I want to. It's not boomerang. There's some service you can sign up and connect it to your Gmail, and it will help you clean up your inbox. Because mm. I, my problem is yeah. I, yeah. I made the mistake of uh, doing some stuff for my Akron, Ohio podcast and I used my school of podcasting thing and to their credit, at least it's, at least it's, it's almost related, but I'm, I'm getting a lot of press releases 
from companies about Akron, Ohio that I really don't fit my show. But I, I, when I open up in the morning, I'm like, holy cow, look at all the email in my inbox. And it's just, it's just crazy sometimes. For sure. I'm working right now on an episode about creativity and podcasting, partly inspired by, by David Bowie. I saw a really bad movie about David Bowie called, uh, moon something, something it's a, it's a David Bowie uh, song. But anyway, um, I got this one from a ma- another member of the school of podcasting, BJ Lee says, this is what I'm looking for ideally. And I couldn't think of one, um, two hosts, at least one that's good at storytelling, but it's not primarily an interview podcast, uh, not crazy high end productions like this American life. And it's not the moth because the live audience performance is not repeatable. Stories are personal experiences or tried the personal experiences of the host. After the podcast, you find yourself retelling the story to someone, really retelling the story, not just retelling some insights or, or learned information. Do you know of any podcasts like this? And I was like, hmm, because usually if it's a really good story, oh, I forget that there was a guy back in the early like 2007 and he looked like Santa Claus and he did, it was nothing but just him telling stories because he was an, he was an ex cop and he had all these great stories and he'd be like, one time, it was kind of like the wonder years almost like I remember my dad back in 1957 and he had a car and the whole nine judges, but that, but he had music and stuff. So that would kind of, you know, maybe chuck it into that, this American life produced thing. And I was like, so really he's just looking for somebody who's entertaining Right. Is that kind of what you get out of this? And I was like, I so, yeah. And I was like, hmm. So I, I couldn't think of any. The, the closest I came to was what was that like? But that's an interview show. That's Scott Johnson, where he, like, he just interviewed somebody who was on The Price is Right and won the showcase. And which was, here's a cool thing. Speak, this, this ties in nicely with this because you have your format and then sometimes you change it up. And Scott listened to his audience because a lot of times it's like, what was it like to find your husband hanging in the garage? What was it like to lose your foot in a, you know, wood chipper? What was it like to, you know, it's all these horrible things because, you know, the answer is like, what was it like? Well, it sucked, you know. So a lot of times his show, it kind of takes a lot out of you because you're like, oh, man, that's, you know, it's great that this person survived whatever they went through. But holy cow. And so Scott started doing episodes like this one where it's like, hey, what was it like to win the showcase on The Price is Right? Because he knew his audience kind of needs like a breather Mm -hmm. from like all the doom and destruction and things like that. So I that was the closest one I could think of. But the other thing, speaking of changing your format, did I don't know if are you a Shark Tank watcher, Mm -mm. Jim? I love No, but I'm I'm aware of it. Yeah, it's a great show for podcasters because it shows how to do a a pitch and to know your you know, all know who your audience is, know what you're trying to do. And they brought it back. It's like, it's whatever 400 millionth season. And they decided to do it in front of a live audience. Mm. And it was interesting to see a, how they changed it because all of a sudden the sharks, like these billionaires that are you know doing that started kind of performing to the, um, for the crowd. Yeah. And the other thing that was really bad is they set it up to where you could do a poll. Like, and so all of a sudden you're just having this normal conversation and you go, yeah. And Jim, that is right. How many people would be interested 
in baby formula in the shape of uh, let us know. So all of a sudden you had this weird, like we need to jam this into the conversation kind of thing. So I, I say that to say you might want to tweak your format just to see what happens. But the good thing was I was really glad that they didn't keep it. It was one thing to bring the show back like this. Hey, we're back and we're live. And I was like, oh, that was awful. I didn't like it at all. And then the rest of the season is back to normal and that whole nine yards. So getting back to the regular format. I wonder if they were in the uh, who wants to be a millionaire studios, right? Didn't they have, didn't they, couldn't you dial in? Yeah. Uh, Everybody in the audience had a, had a, had a survey tool. Well, and the whole thing at the beginning is like, this was recorded earlier. Do not text in your answer. That whole nine yards. Yeah. 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 Well, that's a good, I mean, they tried. I mean, that's one of those things that they probably, you know, to bring it back, they would probably, and, I, and this kind of relate to your own podcast, don't commit to a format change until you've tried it at least once. At least and once, yeah. Like, get out there, try it in a special episode, see what kind of feedback you get, see if you like it. You know, so many people, they're like, I'm going to change my format, and it's going to be this way in my next, I'm going to do it this way forever. And then they get into it, and they hate it. And they, you know, they, then you're kind of committed to it at that point. So I... I love this special episode idea where you try it. I mean, when you did uh, when you did four hundred and yeah. you you brought Binky and um, the Wiz, Frankie and the Wiz on, that kind of was a ch- like all of a sudden everybody's like, "Who are these guys and where can I get more of them?" <laughs> right? Everybody loves Binky and the Wiz, and um, so I think I think that's a good. Um, I think that's a good format. Try it once and see how see what it goes. happens. Yeah. Feedback. Obviously you didn't like it. <laughs> well, and I, well, I don't, it's just a lot of work, yeah. but I did the thing. I did the experiment three weeks ago where I jammed seven really mm-hmm. short ads into one episode just to see. And I, I knew it wasn't going to work. I just wanted to see what would happen. And I had two people say, don't do that again, please. That was, and the, yeah. the thing I thought about that was just, not so much that it was yet another commercial, but just that any momentum you had going in the conversation comes to a grinding halt. You're just like, all right, we're we're jamming and we're talking about this and that, and all of a sudden, oh, we'll be right back. And it was like, Ugh. well, that's the with a live show, you know. Um, Gators talking about that there yeah. out in the chat room. You've got to really work hard and prepare not to get distracted by the live audience. And I, all I've ever done is live, and so I, I think I've I've figured a few things out. But what I've noticed, and I this is why I encourage new guests not to watch the chat room, is they'll be in the middle of a sentence, and then they'll just stop and go to the chat, like you know. And and, and I always tell them like, don't get distracted by the chat. Yeah, <laughs> Dave's pointing to himself at that point. Yeah. I think you did some of that early on, yeah. and you've gotten you've got you've gotten a lot better yeah. uh, at it, but. Listen, the conversation's going to be there. Let it sit in the chat for a while. And then if you can bring it in, awesome. If you can't, you know, if you watch any Twitch stream, they are, it's all chat. That's all they do are pandering to the chat room because it's important on Twitch, right? For me, it's terrible content. I just am not interested in, in that const, constant communication with the chat room. I think there's a balance in there somewhere. And I also think you can't, it's not your responsibility necessarily to cover every single bit of chat that comes in. There's some of it that just needs to stay in the chat room. Yeah. Like it just needs to stay there. So again, those are all choices. I'm not saying it has to be that way. You can do it however you want, but, but I, I kind of prefer to, 
pick and choose those things that are that are that add value and then and then you know bring those in in, in the moment sometimes somebody will say something and you know the conversation moves away and it's like sorry we could have brought you in but we didn't we're just going to move on yeah okay. i i have occasionally i'll see a something in our chat and i'll i'll read like the first line click it, put it on the screen, start to talk about it. And halfway through, I'm like, Oh, you're like, oops. Should have read this first, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You got to get through. I think you got to get through the whole thing. We mentioned Patreon earlier about how people kind of go on and on about it. Jim, I think you had mentioned that uh, they've made some, they have made some changes. They, yeah. the, the interface on the, for the podcaster, you know, for the content creator has changed a lot. Um, yeah, if you if you haven't been into your Patreon account in a while, maybe now is a good time to go back and check it because that user interface for the podcaster for the Patreon Patriot Patriot I don't know is um is uh is completely changed and they've tried to make they've really tried to make it so you work smarter. That's kind of the idea behind this is that things you would normally use together are closer together on the interface now. Anytime you're used to something and you get a new interface, at first, it's going to be a little jarring. So, you know, set a timer for 20 minutes, force yourself to figure where everything's at for 20 minutes. I guarantee you feel a little better about yourself at the end of 20. The first five may be a little painful if you're one of those kinds of people that knows where things are. I think the the most significant update, though, is a new billing, uh, a new way to bill um, patrons. And so in the old days, you would they would sign up. And then they they wouldn't get billed to the end of the month. And then there was a, you know, now you have an option to cut over your account that when the day they sign up, that is their new billing day for the rest of their life. So if they sign up on the 27th, they're going to get billed on the 27th. Details out on the Patreon site is on how all of that works. But you have to cut your account over to that. So if you choose it, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to take this new this new subscription option where people get billed on the day they sign up, you change your account over to it. Everything cuts over to that new way and there's no way to go back. So just be very cautious. If you want to go that route, you get one shot at it today. Now I think they'll make a way to go back here in the future, but you can't go back. Well, and do they still then only pay you once a month? Yeah, they still only pay you once a month. So I sign up for the school podcast on Patreon, I do it today is the 8th. This is going to be my billing date then for the next month and the month after that. They're going to bill me on the 8th. It had always been in batched process at the, yeah. you know, like third or fourth day of the month type deal. And and um, so it was a little, for some, they wanted to get paid throughout. The, they wanted that to process throughout the month. I think the hang up on that, and this is a little too nitty gritty for maybe this podcast, but I have a question, you know, when, whenever they transfer money to your bank account, they charge you for that. And so if you are getting small amounts through the month and they're yeah. automatically moving that to your bank account, you might be paying a little bit more in fees, which maybe was an incentive for doing something like this. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying, be make sure I say all this to say before you do anything on Patreon, make sure you go in and read those terms and services to understand exactly what's happening with this. Patreon has been in hot water before with these kinds of things and especially with fees. So, you know, uh, uh, buyer beware on this one, but make sure you understand what you're getting into. I clicked too fast. I was like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. And then I went back and read the terms. I was like, oh, 
I probably should have just left it the way it was, but I'm there today. They are a great example of first, is it first mover? Because it's weird now that when something like Supercast comes up, people are like, oh, it's a, like there are times when I've explained, I'm explaining Glow.fm, which is a Libsyn product. I'm like, yeah, it's an alternative to Patreon. Like they are now used as like, this is the thing. And then everybody's like, well, how is this different than Patreon? And many times it's like, well, we're cheaper or we're, you know, the Supercast has some really cool features. Um, Glow's features is just easier, but it doesn't do as much. So it's always kind of interesting. They, they're they now kind of making some changes. I know we reported on how they let their whole security team go. That was a little different. You know, I don't know if we're, they're farming that out or, or what, but uh, it'll be interesting to uh, to see how they change. A, a point to make, one last point to make on that. Your current Patreon subscribers, if you change to this new model, they'll continue to get billed at the end of the month or the beginning of the month is, is, is more accurate. Yeah. Um, so that'll stay. It's just everybody who signs up now going forward. Um, so again, get in there, get familiar with it. I'm not a big fan of just saying, Oh yeah, you should do this. Get it signed up today. You should actually get out there um, and read about it make sure you're comfortable with it. I think they also added a new player. So they have an updated player uh, on the site and they also added, um, uh, this idea of focusing on tiers so you can have a page where one tier is kind of popped out if that's what you want. Oh, nice. That's what you want to do. So yeah, it's what, some new features there. What they really that's, need, coming. that's coming. Where other companies are eating their lunch is, and I haven't done this in a long time, is if you want people to listen to your show, because they actually give you an RSS feed for each person, but it used to be you'd have to go like, oh, go into your account Click on that and then scroll over to that. And over on the right-hand side, there's this link. You need to copy that and paste it into Apple or whatever you're listening to. And it wasn't that hard. But if you're dealing with somebody who's never, like they're new to podcasting, you're, you're talking nonsense. And so that's where things like Supercast and Glow, and there's another one I can't think of, that all like basically send you an email. You click a link and it looks at your phone and goes, oh, you're on an Android phone. Here, subscribe in Google Podcast or Spotify or whatever. And that's where Patreon is kind of, that's what they need to add to kind of meet their competition, at least. Um, I know Supercast gives you download numbers, and I don't think Patreon does. You can upload, you know, I upload the audio to Patreon, so they are hosting my file for my patrons, but I have no idea how many people listen. So they need to, to add that to as well in my book. Um, but, um, and then Chris is asking a question here. Who shares the show on social media while watching it? He's asking, he's talking about us. So while we're watching this live, um, yeah, I usually put up, I didn't put up the banner. Usually I, I put out a thing at the very beginning of the show that says tweet out that we are live. Yeah. And he did. And if you do, I'll uh, like it and reshare it. I mean, I'll retweet it as well. So if you want to, let folks know we're live, make a comment, whatever. It's always, that's always fun. It's fun to do. Appreciate you guys doing that. And I'll watch Twitter. Chris, thanks for uh, jumping out there. Get that done. You know, it doesn't cost you anything. Uh, a like, you know, right down there. Yeah. We don't say this too often, but just click that. And, and <laughs> it's it's just good for the algorithm. So, and, and it makes us feel good about ourselves. I mean, most of the time after the show, I cry for about a half an hour. So <laughs> just, just, being, just being transparent with you guys, just being honest, but appreciate all those likes. Here is a fun question that um, I saw on Facebook. And so, Jim, 
you have five hundred dollars oh. to start a podcast. Okay. How do you spend it? Oh, that's a good that is a super good question. On the fly, I think art super important what you're doing. I think I would probably pay somebody to make sure I get good podcast art. Because I think that's the last thing people think about. They go down the road of and 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 maybe it's not the very first thing you do, but I'm gonna want to save some money for some podcast art. And I might want to think about um, paying for some for if I don't have good equipment, like five hundred dollars will get you set up with a pretty good, pretty clear, pretty good sound. Because if you start with terrible sound, right, right. So those are a couple things I think maybe art and sound might be something I would uh, I would focus on. I don't know. What do you think? I I was PodTrack P4. There's two hundred bucks. Yeah, Samson Q2U. So now we're at about three hundred. Hindenburg Light. There's twelve dollars, or ninety nine if you buy it. So that if I did that, that's four hundred, and that leaves me a hundred bucks to get artwork, and maybe or eighty bucks to get artwork, and twenty bucks to host my show at Lipson when it's done. And but that's, that's just the hosting is just one month. That's just one month. But right. the that's, the that's question correct. I saw was to start, and I was like, well, to start, uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. got to have hosting, but uh, yeah, Dan says uh, five hundred dollars split between a mic. Interface, branding, hosting, and a website. Oh, see, I didn't even think about the website. Website, uh, yeah. Got to see that. Okay, but see that goes into another category. So I think hosting and website hosting. Yeah, those are monthly reoccurring costs yeah. that you you're gonna. That's a different than a one time capital expenditure. There you go. I like Craig's answer. He says you just register for a year at the school of podcasting. I like that. Uh, Chris is saying Q2U Podpage and Libsyn. Yeah, if you think about it, if you have the Samsung Q2U and you're doing a solo show, then you don't need the pod track. See, that's that frees up 200 bucks. There's all sorts of ways to do that. So, but I just, it was just one of those, I was like, hmm, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, two, 250, 250 to 300 will get you in a pretty good microphone and interface setup. I definitely don't recommend just like this microphone, the ATR2100. Um, or uh, what's the other one? Samsung the 2000 Yeah, the ATR2100X and the AT2005 is the black one. I definitely recommend getting those in an interface with some kind of headphone amplifier back to you. I just, nothing's more maddening than the muffled USB sound that comes <laughs> back from those things. They're just terrible. So that I do recommend you get some kind of interface. Although I've got, one of the cheap Behringer or audio, I forget the name of it. Audio. Oh, I got it right oh a headphone amp. M, M audio. Yeah. It's this, this one sitting right here. You can't see it. It's yeah. one I've been using for work. It's actually terrible. It's like, a, it's $35 and it works, right. right? but I got to crank that. So, I mean, it's, it's at 11 to, to get, to get the, to power anything. And Ooh. I mean, it kind of works, but uh, I right. did, uh, it's, it's been a hundred bucks. <laughs> Chris has flipped this on his head. Chris is now saying, what would be the worst or wrong answers only version of this question? All right. Well, I'm going to start off with a, uh, a blue Yeti uh, and I'm going to host it on anchor. Uh, and then I'm going to, uh, he knows your butt. He knows your, butt. then I'm going to go to Fiverr and have somebody produce an intro. That'll probably have cooling in the gang in the background. Um, let's see. What else could I do? That that's a real story, by the way. The guys, the guys promo reel had, had him doing voiceover, cooling the gang, and I was like, "Celebrate!" Was it to celebrate? Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, that's illegal." Um, 
Yeah. Uh, and then I hire someone to promote my show on uh, Apple. I'd get, I'd hire one of those promoters from LinkedIn. Um, let's see what else. And it would be, um, I, I think I'd want to do a true crime show. Uh, cause there aren't many of those. Um, and then oh, now wait a minute. hold on, wait a <laughs> just because there's a lot of shows right, that's true. doesn't mean you should, cause you could be, I mean, right. you, you could, you could be, I mean, think of who was out first idol or the voice. Which one of Idol. those came out first? Yeah. Idol was first, yeah. right? And actually, Star Search. If we go behind, you know, yeah. yeah. But I, okay, but, Star, <laughs> on Star Search, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> no, it, for its time, it was yeah. good. It was kind of like the Gong Show yeah. of of God. That is, if you go back, you want to talk about something that hasn't aged oh, well. Go uh, back to the Gong Show. Wow, I can like, imagine it's probably it's pretty bad. politically incorrect. It's really bad. <laughs> anyway, anyway. So, um, just because it's the space is so. So, um, you know, if, if, if we just all quit with idol, the voice would have never come along. Right. So you could be the next voice who knew Adam Levine and, and, uh, Adam Levine, maybe not a good example right now. <laughs> it's like saying, well, yeah. And Cosby and, you know, and, uh, Louis CK, yes. all these guys are great. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, Daniel says, or Blake Shelton, Blake Shelton Zoom. Yeah. Or we could review movies or something. Again, yeah. you might like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I want to be, this is a dangerous spot. It is. You might have a whole new format that nobody's doing that, that may rock the world. So just because a lot of people are doing it doesn't mean you should. And listen, podcasters, stop drilling on people for doing that. This is their passion. I mean, listen, when a couple years ago, when everybody was coming out with podcasts about podcasting, that didn't stop us. Right. We kept, we kept doing it. You could say the same thing about us. So be careful in that space. I mean, I, I, well, that's one area I want us to be careful. Here's the thing about this. That is true is I helped somebody this week at Libsyn and she has been doing an interview show for a while and it was pretty broad and it got okay numbers, but you know, she's not, you know, she's not a household name by any means. And she was like, I want to rebrand my show. I'm like, oh, it's super simple. You just change the artwork, change the description, a couple of this, this, that, blah, blah, blah. Be sure to let your audience know. And she explained what her second show was going to be. And it was super focused, exactly knew who she was talking to, knew why she was doing it. So as much as we kind of joke about, you know, a lot of the the shows that are, you know, uh, apparent and easy to, to, well, I shouldn't say easy, but there, there are a lot of those. A lot of times it's that show that is the one that gets your toe in the water. And then about, you know, two months in, you go, oh, you know what? I'd rather do a podcast about blank. But it was that one that you did, the the true crime, the inspirational story to motivate and inspire the entrepreneur show. Larry talked about that. Um, you know, these are all things you do because that's maybe what you do for a living or whatever. And you go, yeah, just because I do this for a living doesn't mean I want to talk about customer service on a podcast. So um, a lot of times those are the ones that you, I mean, Mignon Fogarty, who's, is she, in, she's in the hall of fame, right? I think so. Yeah. Grammar girl has to be in the hall of fame. Yeah. You would think so. Yeah. Um, but her first show was super labor intensive white paper kind of stuff. And she's, she started, it was like, ugh, this is horrendous. And then she's like, well, what else do I like? Well, I like grammar. So she made these shoot quick little, you know, said by no one ever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. You know, it's a niche because yeah. no one ever says, oh yeah, I really like grammar. 
it's a niche. It's great. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Well, here's something you don't know. Uh, Dr. says her father was on the Gong Show and he played the Oscar Mayer whistle really well, <laughs> and lost to a little person dancing the Charleston. So hey, speaking of uh, of people on game shows, do you know? Uh, I'll give you a hint. He's okay. known by three initials. Okay, but he appeared on The Price Is Right. Oh, he was stoked to be there. Oh, I feel like I should know. I feel like I should know this. Price is right. He was stoked. Well, well it's not Daniel, right? Daniel. It's wasn't. not Daniel. Starts with a J. Uh, J- uh, uh, John Lee Dumas. John Lee Dumas was on John. the Price is Right back in the day. Stoked was the key, right? You were trying to get me fire. <laughs> there, thank you. Yeah, I was going to say it was really I, hot. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to say it, but I couldn't remember his name. Yeah, Stefan says, uh, nobody thought there were three guys talking about anime from Japan can get millions of views on YouTube. Yeah, and and yeah. kind of going back to Jim's thing, you know, well, first of all, we should say, if you go to podcastindex.org or .com, I forget which one it is, it'll show you where there's like 4 million podcasts, but then go down and look at how many are active, which means they've put out an episode in the last 90 days. And that's, uh, that's, Listen, the, you know, and even that is, is suspect. So who would have thought D and D would have come back and made, I mean, those guys have made millions on critical role and they're doing a great job and they're doing a totally different format. I mean, who would have thought putting the DM in the corner and, and having two tables and like they have, I mean, that that's just, that's just raw talent and they were all voice actors before and such. So they had a following. Some of them had a little bit of a following before. So don't let anybody poo-poo on your on your podcast idea and say you can't do it. We listen, we're hypocrites in podcasting all the time. We say, oh, you right. can do anything you want. Unless until you do it this way. You know, you shouldn't do it that you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that's that's a hypocrite right that's, there. That's like, it. We got to stop. Either we have to say you got to do it this way or we stop saying you can do it any way you want. Yeah. When we, we're going to take a, 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 we're going to, we're going to pay some people or whatever. Yep. We're going to get, get you a, some coffee. There oh, you go. God, I'm dying. And, uh, we're also, where is the thing? Here we go. Um, cause I want to thank, here it is. Our awesome supporters. If you go to ask the podcast coach.com slash awesome, uh, slash, well, that works too, or slash support. If you go to slash support, you can be an awesome supporter, but you can also donate via PayPal. You can, buy my book, all sorts of other fun things at askthepodcastcoach.com slash support. Um, we're going to try this. Um, uh, let me mute me really quick. Open awesome supporters. From askthepodcastcoach.com slash support, it's Joshua at podcastingexperiments.com. See, Alexa's drinking coffee too. And apparently she's listening to Jimi Hendrix, which is cool. So Josh, thanks so much for being an awesome supporter. <laughs> she does not stop when I ask her to stop. It's, um, you know, it's like, well, there's a joke there. Oh, we could. Yeah. But we're not. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, ask the podcast coach runs on pod page. If you'd like to try pod page, go over to trypodpage.com. That's my affiliate link. And if you can't get enough, Jim Collison, go over to home gadget geeks. Or go over to home and listen to Home Gadget Geeks at theaverageguy.tv. Uh, if you'd like to start a podcast, and that's right, now with no upselling, go to School of Podcasting. 
com. In fact, if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash ask, uh, that'll take you right there with the coupon. That is schoolofpodcasting.com slash ask. And of course, if you'd like to be an awesome supporter, go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash support. And we're going to go back to uh, Craig had a question. Uh, it's a serious question. So no joking around on oh. this, Jim. Um, a friend of mine has a $1,000 super sensitive directional mic for capturing bird song. Um, he puts it into a Zoom H5 via a three and a half uh, millimeter jack, and he's getting regular bleeps in the recording. Hmm. That's a, that's a good question. Um, I don't, uh, so I think somebody asked him, uh, the mic doesn't have an XLR. That's why he's doing the three. Hmm. I would. Hmm. I, I, I'm interested in like, like is it, kind yeah, of is it that, is the, is that the kind of beep we're talking about? It's, it's weird. Cause that sounds kind of mechanical, like something, if it's on a regular basis and it's in a high pitched beep, it would almost be like, it's coming from the microphone, which would mean it would need kind of some set setup. Is it going through an interface at all or any of those? That's all. That's very odd. He's uh he's happy with the recording. Are you, no, it's okay. It's a reoccurring mechanical beep, bleeping sound. Bleep. I, hmm. Huh? No, that's. Uh, I wonder. Something has to be. Huh. Yeah. Never, uh, never heard of that. Never so of that. I would be, because anytime you troubleshoot, you have to break things down. So if you can, if there's a different cable you can use, try that. If you can't, then try plugging it into a different recorder of some sort. With a three and a half millimeter, you should be able to plug that into a phone, I would think, and somehow maybe with a an adapter and hit record on like voice memo. That would take out the recorder. And then if if you did that with your phone and you can't plug out yeah, there you go. The old uh yeah, the old lightning to uh, lightning adapter that yeah. you get that that should work maybe if you're on your iPhone. Yeah. Cuz if you're getting the blip into the phone after you've had it in some other recorder and you can't swap out the cable, then you can't tell is this the cable or the mic, but or know. another mic on that Zoom H4 to see maybe that's the problem. Yeah, that would be the I, other thing too. Plug another I mic. I think I think the the H4 has the highest propensity to be the problem on that. That's where it sounds like it's it might be coming from. I mean, a mic doesn't generally have enough stuff in it to create a reoccurring beep. Yeah. Right? And your cables usually give you static or some of those kinds of things. I I mean, I checked the H4 before. That that'd be my that'd be my first go around. Pluck some other things into uh, it just to see. And Daniel's saying that adapter won't work because that only works for TRRS. Not a TS or TRS mic, so yeah, depending yeah. on the scenario. Yep, yep, yep. I don't know what the what the output. So that's a that's a fun one, but that's anytime you troubleshoot, it's always you know try to break it down into pieces, parts, and and try. Yeah, and, yeah. I love your thought on that of like, okay, let's let's pull everything apart and then test every single individual component to make sure it's wrong. I can't tell you how many times I've been troubleshooting only to realize it was a $7 cable. That was the problem, right? You know, you're testing yeah. all this equipment, doing all these gyrations and it's a $7 cable. Yeah. Well, this morning I was laughing because I was troubleshooting the woman in the tube 
And I was like, this isn't working and it's not connecting. And all of a sudden I looked up and I was like, oh, I have a mute button on. So sometimes it's, you dig too deep and you're like, oh, wait a minute. It's this thing right here. St. Clinton says, any thoughts about program podcast generator? Thinking about using it over other podcast hosting. Well, here's my criteria. A, does it give me a 301 redirect? Somebody moved to Kajabi yesterday that contacted me, and I was like, no. And they're like, ah, everything's in Kajabi. I'm like, hope you love Kajabi because you can't leave. So do they give me a 301 redirect? I, I would prefer they not change my file. So if I upload a 128 stereo file, I would like a 128 stereo file to download. Some sites like Buzzsprout will change that. Then do they offer support? Because, you know, if you talk to anybody about Anchor support, they're going to tell you, wait, what's that? And you're like, exactly. I prefer you not change my file name, but that one's now with an asterisk because so many companies now are doing dynamic stuff. You you can't keep the file name. At least I haven't seen anybody do it yet uh, where you, if you're adding different things in that. Are they IAB compliant? That will be important if you are... Uh, have ideas of having an advertiser. My whole thing is, and people say, oh, it's because you work for Lipson. And I'm like, you know, your, your podcast media host is, you know, that's a big part of your show. That's, that's the, the basement of, of your house that you're, you're building on. And for me, you know, I'm going to go with a, a Libsyn blueberry buzzsprout, Captivate. Those are my like four. And everybody else is like, well, there are other ones too. There's Castos has been around a while, but there was one and it was something, something D base or something, but it was supposed to be all about, and they did dynamic insertion. It was on AppSumo and they gave people a bunch of lifetime deals. And then they basically reneged. They're like, Hey, remember how you're supposed to never pay for this again? Sorry. Oops. I used to test a lot of media hosts, you know, back in the day. I can't keep up with them now. What's their, is it just podcastgenerator.com? It's podcastgenerator.net.net. See? Podcastgenerator.net. Now, here's my question, Jim. If you see a company that has a .net, is there a part of you that dies a little? Uh, it's sad, <laughs> but I mean, listen, there, there's only one uh, .com, right? So it's an open source. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. See, here, here's the thing. I would, if it was me, they, they do charge. So they, they do. okay, that's good. Well, hold on, let me make sure. Let me make sure that I, I may be wrong on that. Click and go, Apple friendly. Now, come on, kids. Like really, every podcast host is Apple friendly. Any RSS feed from me. See that right there makes me go. Hmm. They're trying to play prey on the uninformed. Newbie proof technology. I like that. Here's my thing. When I go to demo, is there going to be a video of this thing anywhere? Yeah, they, uh, they have well, a live demo. That's good. And is there any pricing or is it free? Here we go. Let's go to the about page. So their hosting is done at rss.com. That's what they, they use rss.com as their, well, their, their hosting. Well, here's my thing. I mean, I, I met Ben and the guys at rss.com. They're, they're good guys. They're really involved in podcasting mm-hmm. 2.0. If I was to try a new web host, It'd be RSS.com, Transistor, and Castos would be the the three that I've never played with that have somewhat of a name. So I've this is the first time I've heard of them. Doesn't mean they're bad. I would go in here to support, which I'm doing live. Okay, so access to documentation, ask for free support. So there's no 
nothing I can search for here. Documentation. Let's try that. Well, their, their support is on Git, G-I-T, GitHub. Okay. Um, and so they're, you know, they're using that as the back. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's interesting. Like the most, most open source projects are not easy. <laughs> they're, right. they're not easy to find answers to. They're not easy. They're, and they're, they're very geared towards the very technical person. And they're, they're kind of billing this as like, hey, this is easy and self-service. And I think sometimes we, you know, we highly technical people will be like, well, it's easy, easy for me. Yeah. But you, you throw that in front of somebody else like, how, how do I do this? Like, you know, there's a download associated with this. Well, I mean, okay, in a world where we're really moving to 100% web services for everything, it, it, you're really going to ask me to install something on? So anyways, I, I don't know. I'm not trying to poo-poo it. They just folks asked about it. And yeah. It, it looks fairly complex. I mean, it looks, I, if, you, if you're a technical person, you might really like this as a solution. Right, because yeah. you you can drive everything. Yeah, and if they are using RSS dot com as their back end, I'm like, why wouldn't you just? Because really, the actual creation of podcast episodes and setting up the actual part that you do, like I don't care if it's Captivate, Buzzsprout, Libsyn, Blueberry, setting up the show, you you upload artwork, you type in your description, you pick a couple of categories, and you're done. And then when it comes to making an episode, you upload a file, which is the exact same thing as uploading a, a a photo to an email. You click navigate to the file and upload it. You type in a subject and a description. That's the same as typing email. Like the actual podcast media host part is usually pretty easy. So yeah, on, on their main page. Yeah. So it's the, like the, the explaining this, you know, they're like power and simplicity and newbie proof technology. But the, under click and go, it says this. I mean, just just hang with me for a second. Okay. It says PG has very little server requirements. As a matter of fact, it works in any web host with PHP support. Most newbies are like PHP. What is that? The user data is stored in an XML format. Hence, no MySQL DB is required. PG can be installed in less than a minute through a three-step um, setup wizard. In most cases, a manual installation is not even necessary. As PG is offered as a pre-installed package by some of the biggest hosting and NAS service providers worldwide. Like, there's a lot of things in there that most people have no idea. Yeah. Like, they're like, what? Wait, what? Hey, wait a minute. For who? Yeah. You know? Stefan yeah. is saying he thinks it's just a con- It's a CMS for self-hosting, and I'm I'm not a fan of <laughs> self-hosting. Yeah. Well, it's okay. They're pitching this as being easy and I'm not sure And it. And again, for highly technical people and, and for some who may understand this, I mean, most people don't know what PHP is. So they'd yeah. be like, Oh, okay. What, what, what do I do? How do I do this? And, yeah. and I'm sure, listen, I'm sure they've tried hard, but um, well, it's an open source project. So you're going to, it's going to have some complexity. What's interesting about this is they have a demo. And, you know, we're going to do two in one episode. And now it's time for a power rant. If you, if you are a podcast or any kind of software company, when I go to your website, I want a video showing me what it does as well as like there's one on music. It was some sort of program that lets you made your own royalty free music. And yet I couldn't hear the music they were creating. So 
make a live demo of your of your software so I can see it, which will help me know what it does. Do it in Loom if you want to. And at the end, you can put a call to action. I'm, I, that drives me nuts when I go to software and I, I'm reading about it and it's like, we're a new easy way to do insert jargon, jargon, jargon. And you're like, and six easy steps of jargon, jargon. I'm like, what is this again? Like, just let me click here and show what it does. And most of the time, the reason you don't get those is because English is not their first language, which I totally understand, but go to Fiverr and have somebody read it and make a video. I'm, uh, it drives me nuts. So let me share my screen and we'll, we'll see exactly what Dave is talking about, how this doesn't work. And I realize this is an audio show. You know what? That's as far as I'm going to get. I opened up the page. I, uh, I, I looked at this. I'm supposed to be entering a <laughs> login name and password, but that right there is like, so what I'm looking at is just random episodes. This is my pool podcast. This is a demo version. Yeah, no, sorry. Just for me, my first reaction. Yeah, yeah, Jim, yeah, yeah. your reaction yeah. to that? It's it's a little overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So thanks, but uh Well, it's maybe somebody can give it a try for us and maybe we can get a newbie to give it a try for us yeah. and see how podcast generators see how yeah. I, I hate to do that because we didn't this is a terrible review because we just we just saw this for the very this first is, time today. So these are all initial impressions. Yeah. It could be fantastic. Well, Here's, I have one in here. I don't know what we're looking at here. So this is like the podcast rodeo show for SAS this week. I'll share my screen. It's called Pod Reacher, B2B content transformation specialist. What does that mean exactly? You have to have a server to set up a podcast generator. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, at least they finally added this. There's a, I, when I originally put this in my thing, I had Pod Reacher no pricing which drives me nuts. I don't want to have to call or email for a price, but here it says, Oh no, this is why I have this here. I have to contact them for a price. And to me, that's when I'm like, yeah, no, that's a deal breaker for me. And this is kind of an example at podreacher.com, you know, used by fresh books and Squadcast. Now Squadcast for me, I'm like, okay, but three X the value of each recording. But I, I, do you understand what it does? No. That builds an episode page, repurposing, you know, but it's, it's a B2B content transformation specialist. I was like, okay, see examples. So we click on that and it takes me to a, a word doc. Yeah. It just, what they need. Have you ever read the book? It's by, I, I want to say Dan or Don Miller um, called story brand. And he talks about how, and this, this, uh, you know, to bring it back to podcasting, he says you should be able to go to somebody's website and go to it for like five to 10 seconds, like time yourself and then tell people what the website's about. Yeah. It should be that easy. And uh, I don't know that that website does. <laughs> it's, it's hard to do. It it's is. hard to do. There's a lot of people want to jam a lot of stuff into that little space. And you're like, yeah, you, have, you probably have too many things that you're trying to do there. You know, Dan says uh, Don Miller. Story Brand is a great book. It is a great book. Actually, here's an example of it started off, I think, with a YouTube video I saw. And he's part of that whole, I affectionately, and I say this with affection and and respect. He's part of like the, the Nashville Mafia. Like it's him, Dave Ramsey, 
Michael Hyatt, Ray uh, Edwards, yeah. all those guys are down there. And uh, I saw his YouTube video, made a lot of sense, uh, signed up for his newsletter, and I think the newsletter got me to buy the book. And I read the book, and the book got me, I wanted to do a deeper dive, and he has a course on that. And it's it's a really good, really good stuff if you're new to branding and things like that. We haven't talked about Spotify yet today. Spotify has been doing some fun stuff. They took somebody's show, and I don't know if they fired the host. It was launched in 2020. The show was called Sex Lies and DM Slides, and apparently it's relaunched with new hosts. Hmm. So without the knowledge of the podcasters who say they created the show, which is Jizzy Erskine has posted on Instagram that the show made by Spotify UK is being made again without us. If Spotify is, this is their quote. If Spotify don't want to make it with us, then that's fine, but do not steal our format and name. We created it, the format and the name in my kitchen over a series of months. See this again is where if you're joining a network, not to just, I don't want to bash Spotify, but any network here who owns the show when you sign on the dot online. And this sure makes it sound like when they bought the show, they own it and you became the talent. Uh, Spotify just paid for it to be made. I'm absolutely up to my eyeballs at being exploited by big corporations and money people. We are so angry, upset. She continues in the post. So meanwhile, over at Spotify, they're also canceling 11 original shows, says the Hollywood Reporter. Those canceled represent less than 2% of Spotify's more than 500 original podcasts. So this is one of those things that I kind of jumped on. Because at first I'm like, oh, Spotify's canceling shows. And I was like, ah, want to put your eggs in the Spotify basket? Look, you thought you were home free. and But Glenn made a point. He's like, look, any show that doesn't perform on the Horse Radio Network, you're gone. Like that's, yeah. you know, so that makes sense. Uh, Spotify staff on the original podcast, uh, less than 5% of Spotify staff on the original podcast being laid off. If you're hiring, Connor Sampson has volunteered to connect you. Spotify didn't respond to any invitation or comments. So they're, they're, they're making changes over there, which when I kind of stepped back and, and thought about it, it was like, okay, so they're downsizing shows that don't perform. They they have already kind of scaled back on some of their podcasting staff. Why? Because they have less shows now. That makes sense. You know, this thing with the, the name thing, I was like, well, they, they probably bought the show and you didn't, have anybody read it because you know you didn't and now you wish you had so i don't know well spotify is moving fast and taking chances yeah right i mean this is what you do and listen if, if we think they're gonna buy 500 shows and all 500 are gonna be successful and they're gonna keep all 500 forever check in with the rest of us in reality like it, it's that's not that's yeah. not ever going to happen. In fact, it'll probably get more severe. It, uh, the cuts will probably get more severe rather than less over time. Uh, it's they it's they kind of figure out what this model is. But they're the kind of the first ones to really do something like this. They're kind of flying a little blind on it, and they're probably learning in the process. You're going to see a lot of staff changes as people kind of come both both people leaving and people being let go based on performance. How are things going? They don't they didn't know what this would do. They just knew they wanted to get in the business. I mean, good on them 
for spending the money. I think we try to knock Spotify down a little too often on this. Good on them for spending a whole bunch of money at trying to make it work. And I think they will get it right. They will try. Listen, iHeartRadio is in the same business. They are trying to figure out how to make this thing work. (laughs) And not always in the most ethical way. (laughs) Well, yeah, no, right on, right on. But they are spending a bunch of money on it, right? Look, we talk to podcasters who won't spend $8 on hosting. And they're spending, you know, $8 million on advertising. So, you know, they, they know how to make things work. It's a little bit of a struggle in the process to get there. And we're going to see more of this before we see some success. But I think some giant successes are going to come out of that Spotify group eventually. And and they'll be glad they, they did it. It'll eventually, it, it should pay off for them. Well, they just bought a company called Kinzen. K-I-N-Z-E-N. The technology the Kinzen team brings to Spotify combines machine learning and human expertise backed by analysis from leading local ap- academics and journalists to analyze potential harmful content and hate speech in multiple languages and countries. It's based out of Dublin, Ireland, and no terms were given. So here again, you're going to hear a, a lot of this coming down the pike because advertisers, thanks to maybe iHeart, are a little more leery about advertising on shows, but yeah, B... Okay. The whole thing of like, wait, your show for sneakers is on, a, you know, some Nazi show because every time we talk about anything remotely sensitive, we have to say the word Nazi. And it is, uh, boy, we got 10 minutes. I haven't said James Cridlin yet. So this is uh, from an article, <laughs> James Cridlin. But you're going to see more and more things about things doing transcriptions. We know Apple transcribes your show. Google transcribes your show. Everybody's doing that because they're trying to figure out what you're talking about and they want to know that without having to listen to your show so that they can say this is a brand safe and uh, brand safety is the reason Adam Curry left his own company. He was like, I don't want to make meh content right? because that's what you end up with when everything is brand safe. So I was like, hey. Well, we're going to go through a lot of turmoil and changes in, you know, Spotify is going to be the Amazon and the podcasting space, right? I mean, they're going to do some, we're already seeing this in the news. Just go out and re- read it for yourself as far as the way podcasters are being treated and the way talent is being treated. I think there's going to be some shakeout in this space and the way that works with them and the way it works with the other you know, again, this go back to the beginning of the show as as industries consolidate, these are some of the growing pains that we go through to make this work. And we'll have to see how it all pans out. Listen, when Amazon first started selling books in that space, nobody had any idea how big they were going to be. There was no guarantees. Listen, Toys R Us had a shot at this. Like yeah. they were in early and they could have been, Toys R Us could have been what Amazon is today. They're not for a few, for a few reasons. They but. are coming back. Did you know that? No, they're going to be, I want it. It's not Higby's because Higby's isn't around, but there's some other store that is going to have an official Toys R Us section now. And their brand is strong. The brand is still still pretty strong. Uh, SP brought this up. So I'm going to read this. This was from uh, Gimlet's Union and um, statement from Gimlet Union and Parcast Union. By the way, we're not lawyers and we don't even play them on TV. So yeah. go ahead. So go ahead. Spotify <laughs> blindsided both Gimlet Union and Parcast Union with at least 38 layoffs across their studios. Spotify has said in the press that these layoffs constitute less than 5% of people working on original podcasts. That number is misleading. Uh, the reality is that each bargaining unit organized with the Writers Guild of America 
East had lost about 30% of its members. Uh, these aren't small cuts. They are massive restructuring. Each shop has lost seasons, producers, writers, and editors. Many of those laid off were longtime employees, people who had helped build our studios from the ground up and who saw them uh, through a global pandemic. Some were on parental leave. Others were in the middle of relocating. These employees left other jobs, other cities, other countries to work at a company that told them repeatedly that their jobs would be secure. Most uh, originous, oh, they're big words here. Well, they're writers, is that in the podcast case, these layoffs directly impacted the majority of members in the union's diversity uh, equity, inclusion, and accessibility committee, as well as the ma- majority of the former organizing and bargaining committees. But basically, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to read this whole thing, but I'll put a link to this in the, the show notes. But, you know, maybe the press release isn't entirely accurate. And maybe this is written from an employee. Sometimes the employees don't have the big picture. So, but, you know, mm-hmm. and, and my guess is that's probably one of the persons that was let go. And maybe venting a bit. So here's my thing. I, I might make this an episode. I would like to find, you know, for lack of a better phrase, a, a well-produced show. Because I was listening to a Shamelessly Acquisition podcast. It's this podcast person who's really good. She's worked for different companies. And she's doing a very transparent show. Like right now she's like minus $22,000 because she's been keeping track of what it's cost to do this show. But at the end she thinks like, 12 people. Mm. I want to thank my editor. I want to thank my music editor. I want to thank my, you know, head of content smelling. I'm like, wait, what? You know, (laughs) it's like, it just sounds like there's a lot of people there. And I'm like, I want somebody to explain to me what the storyboard duster is. Or, you know, it's, it's always these weird titles that I'm like, editor of thoughts and feelings. Why do you need one of those? Like, so I would love to know what they do because I'm I'm not saying that you don't need them. I'm saying I don't understand why you need them. So there's mm. but there's there's a juxtaposition though between our, the indie podcaster who started as a solopreneur in doing everything right and the and NPR is the easiest one to pick on, but there's a few others that are you know gimlin in that space where they treated this like an industry and they had, they had positions of people who did things, who got credit for the stuff that they did. They worked hard at fact checking and making sure those things were taken care of. They had sound designers and producers. They made sure musicians, if they use music on the podcast, they made sure they got credit for that. They ran, they treated it like, like a real industry, right? And those two are very opposing ways of getting at this. And I hear sometimes the indie podcaster who's, the solopreneur saying, "Why?" Like you're just saying, Dave. Yeah. Why do we need all these people? Well, in in that space, the right thing to do is to give attribution to anyone who does stuff. I mean, you know, think of all the Napster stuff with music and everybody just ripping off music and that kind of stuff, right? So, um, I, I think sometimes it's just a frame of mind of like thinking about. They just want to make sure everybody's getting proper credit on that. Likewise, Spotify, in this particular case, Spotify is trying to just make money yeah, like as efficiently as possible. And oftentimes making money is expensive. And, and companies that started as, as solo or entrepreneurial, right, cut costs to the bottom line. And when you, take a, when you take a methodology of making sure everybody gets recognized and everybody gets paid for who they are and the talent they bring, 
those two sides don't always see it the same way, right? They do not see it the same way. And we've seen this play out at Amazon with the way they've been treating their staff. I'm just going to leave it there because it's way more complicated than that. Yeah. But, you know, it, it gets those things get worked out in courts, right? That's the yeah. that's where this stuff kind of goes. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I totally agree that anybody that works on a show should get some attribution uh, or paid and yeah, paid. Yeah. And paid. And so yeah. I've just, I've just never understood. I remember once I counted, there were 18 people and I was like, I, again, obviously they're doing something, but yeah. I, I just don't know, you know, and when if, I went, if you produce, if you produce 24 shows a year yeah, and you have a staff that big, I mean, some of these, like they're well done because they do a lot of research. Some solo podcasters don't do so much research. Oh, just saying. yeah, you know? absolutely. So, but yeah. It'll be fun to watch to see what happens. And, and you're right. I, I think uh, I've heard a couple different shows say that the days of just like Spotify's, you know, had a bazillions of dollars, you know, out that yeah. maybe their board of directors and stockholders are kind of going, what's the ROA on this? Is the dryer yeah. here? No. Oh, no, no. Okay. No, I'm just, I'm wholeheartedly agree with you. That's what absolutely happens yeah. in a public company. Yeah. So they're right? going to, they're going to have to start making money, which means there might be some layoffs. So that's, uh, and it's going to be brutal. Yeah. Like that kind of, th- those kinds of things happen in that, in that kind of setting. It's going to be brutal. It won't be soft. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. But uh, Jim, what is coming up on uh, Home Gadget Geeks? Dave, I'm so glad you asked. We spent, I got a new TV this week. Let me see if I can just, I'm going to show it on screen oh, cool. for you because it's kind of cool. It's sitting out on the deck. Oh, that's now that's, that's yeah. living there, my friend. Pretty, pretty excited about this. And uh, so we spent a bunch of time on what we did and why and some of those kinds of things. It's up front on the show. I've already produced it. It's out at homegadgetgeeks.com. Now, what happens if it rains? So this is the best thing about that. That's all completely portable. So it comes apart in nice. just about about 10 seconds. I can bring it in the house so it uh, stays dry. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, on the School of Podcasting, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm kind of looking into different formats uh, for your show, the pros and cons and things of that. I kind of looked. I haven't talked about this in a long time, and, and somebody asked me about it. And I was like, hey, you know what? That might be an episode. Uh, probably going to sneak in Mark's conversation from uh, a couple weeks ago about uh, asking for value to give it back instead of donations. I, I think I'm going to sneak that into the School of Podcasting as well. So one of these thanks to um, the chat room. Thanks to everyone on who's been listening on Wisdom. And uh, thanks to Mark over at podcastbranding.co and Dan over at based on a true story podcast.com. And apparently, Jim, your house has now been nominated for the barbecue. Oh, so, yeah. The, the annual uh, askthepodcastcoach.com <laughs> barbecue, my place. <laughs> That'd be too fun. So, uh, but uh, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next week as we do every week. Askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. And if you'd like to be an awesome supporter, please go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash support. So we will see you next week. And uh, now there's going to be cigars, barbecue and cigars. We'll see you next week. Take care. This music is going on forever. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Good work.